Hello, this is Steve Roush with Capital City Law. And I'm Jen Wolf with Wolf Legal. On this episode of Can't Take It With You, we're going to talk about revocable trusts or trust-based planning. And what is what is a trust and, and how does it benefit you in your estate planning um, decisions? So in, in just very basic terms, a trust, a revocable trust, is a an agreement that you create um, either individually or if you're married with your spouse, whereby you're making decisions about what you want to have happen with your assets once you've either become incapacitated or when you've passed away. And so trust-based planning is a very important area of, of the estate planning law that we deal with. And it's important as a planning tool that we use for helping clients to be able to, you know, when we walk through and start doing a design with the client and helping them understand what they may need or what they may not need, Revocable trust is an important one that we actually give them the option of being able to have as part of their estate plan. So a revocable living trust, as Steve is saying, is an estate planning tool that is created and funded while you are alive. So it is a trust document that then works to provide benefits to you, the creator, otherwise known as the grantor of your trust. And you are also known as the trustee of your trust, meaning you're still managing those assets. But it also gives you the ability to transfer the property and distribute it to others after you pass away. So while you're living, you're the beneficiary of your trust. But once you've passed away, you in your trust can designate your beneficiaries and, and set forth whatever plan you want in order to have your assets passed to those beneficiaries. Right. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I think when we're dealing with um, helping clients design their estate plan is they're trying to think through what would happen with my assets if I, if I die, right? And if I'm married, what, what happens to those assets? How am I protecting them for my, for my spouse, my surviving spouse? One of the biggest benefits that I've seen to a trust has been working with married couples and where a, we have a trust in place, we have all the assets properly funded to the trust and a spouse passes away and the spouse, the surviving spouse then really there's not really much that they need to worry about or do through their estate plan because it's already been designed beforehand. And so when it's been designed like that beforehand and they don't have to worry about anything, it allows them to be able to go through the grieving process without having to think, oh gosh, I'm going to have to be involved in a court system now, or I'm going to have to deal with creditors. They may still have to deal with certain amounts of that, but generally with married couples, both of them are aware of what outstanding debt or obligations exist. And so that's just normal day-to-day things that they're dealing with. And so that's where a trust can really shine is it really provides a spouse kind of that peace of mind that there's, they can just grieve and work through that process without the stress of dealing with other things. And Steve, that's because the, one of the fundamental and important points to make about trust-based planning is that you are avoiding the probate process entirely. And so because you have already moved all of your assets over into your trust, the title has already been cleared on those assets. So there's no need for probate. And so this is the fundamental difference or one of the fundamental differences between will-based planning and trust-based planning is with a revocable living trust, the surviving spouse does not need to go through a probate proceeding. And I recently had a client come in and and she did not have a trust in place. And she just, she kept referencing having grief brain. And I thought that was so interesting. And 
you know, had a lot of compassion for her because she had lost her husband and, and it was very difficult for her. She's a very sharp lady and it was difficult for her to even process the common administrative things that on a day-to-day basis would not have been difficult for her. But in this stage in life, having to deal with a probate and, and some of the other ancillary legal things that we handled for her was very difficult. And so that is, I think, one of the unsung reasons of why trust-based planning can be so beneficial is it just allows day-to-day life to continue to operate without that need for a probate proceeding. Yeah, one of the most common questions that we get when when we have somebody that passes away is, well, okay, what do we do next? And when we have a trust-based plan in place, what we can actually tell them is there's really nothing that needs to happen right now. It doesn't have to happen immediately because there's some automatic features that are built into the trust that automatically appoint your successor trustees. They're going to automatically step into that role. Now, there might be some documentation that we need to put in place that we that we help you put together to get it to the banks and other financial institutions so you get access. But that's generally a fairly quick process versus being in a probate process where you're waiting for a judge to make a decision. Um, and so, Jen, I think you're absolutely right, is that um, a trust is, you know, one of those ways that if you really sit down and work with a qualified attorney, they're going to help you understand that, hey, if really your goal is to make your family be able to deal with the fact that you've passed away and be able to grieve and be able to just know that that stress of dealing with all of the assets is not a a thing that has to be dealt with or decided right now. It just really helps the process, makes it more efficient and more effective. And so as we mentioned, the trust is really a contract that you've either entered into with yourself or with your spouse, and it is a holding bucket, more or less. We've talked about how the trust functions, and I have a analogy that's probably not a great one, but sometimes I think about a trust like making a pie. So coming in and talking with your lawyer and getting that actual trust document signed and in place is sort of like the pie crust. And then it is very important to have a pie filling, and that is properly funding your trust. And so when we're talking about funding the trust, you know, what, what are we talking about there? One of the things that we need to look to is the real property that you own. So we'll look to the real property that you own and we will retitle that property over into the name of the trust and that's what we're talking about clearing title or making sure that that title remains clear and if you own property in the in the state where your trust is located it can go into the trust also property held in other states so if you live in idaho but you still own property in california or in some other state that can also be held by your trust and this is a really key point because If you have a will-based plan, and so you're going to have a probate proceeding on your death, if you own real property in another state, there will also need to be an ancillary probate for that property um, in order to clear that title in, in the state where it is located. And so a revocable living trust allows you to have that property already moved over into your trust and allows you to, to skip out on those probate processes. Right. And, and that's one of those things that is so important because in today's day and age, I find most of my clients have property assets that they own in multiple states. You know, they particularly we see a lot of um, people relocating from California to Idaho or other states to Idaho, and and so in that scenario, they still may own an asset in California or whatever state they relocate, relocated from. And so we want to make sure that their plan deals with that. But if all you have is a will and you die, and I've had that happen where we've had to do. Uh, an ancillary probate. And actually, the ancillary probate took longer than the regular probate in, in, in Idaho because we were dealing with significant assets. It It is cost and time that is unnecessary where a trust can solve those issues. It just becomes so important. 
And we've talked about a revocable living trust. That is the trust that is most common with, with a lot of our clients, but there are other forms of trust as well. And when you come in and talk to a, an estate planning attorney, they can let you know if one of those other sort of trusts is is necessary or um, going to be advantageous in your situation. One of the other forms of trust that I have dealt with quite a bit is a special need trust. And so if one of your loved ones is receiving governmental benefits for some reason, it's really important that you do not have a estate plan that would gift an asset to that person such that it would disqualify them for their governmental benefits. So there are some things we can do with a special needs trust to avoid that situation. Yeah, a special needs trust is um, a specialized type of trust. And there's many different types of trust, actually. Revocable trust that we're talking about, this living trust, is is just one type of trust. But a special needs trust can become an important tool that we use as a subtrust within your revocable trust if you have a child that is disabled or, like you said, Jen, is receiving some form of government benefit. And we'll, we'll have another episode that we talk specifically about special needs trusts and kinds of ins and outs of those and how they work. The other thing is, is, you know, when we're talking about trust, one common question that comes up from clients is, okay, how can I use my trust to protect my assets? And in, in Idaho, the reality is, is you can't. Um, Idaho has said, listen, a, a trust is just a, a tool that we use for estate planning purposes to make sure your assets pass efficiently, efficiently and effectively to your family. But we don't, you don't get to hide behind the trust and say, um, oh, I funded my assets to this trust and therefore my creditors or a judgment or IRS can, can come and they're going to knock on my door, but I can just disregard that. No, you can't. Those assets are still legally considered your assets and therefore, if you have any kind of creditor claim, they can access those assets. And so it's one of those things that we want to clear up and make sure that people understand that that's not the type of trust we're talking about here. This type of trust that we're talking about is strictly for estate planning purposes to avoid uh, having to use or go through a probate process. And additionally, it is really important to think through your business interests. So many of our clients that will come in and see us may be part of a partnership or have an interest in an LLC or some other sort of corporation. Thinking through what business interests you have and how they can most closely be aligned with your trust and then pass to your beneficiaries in the easiest manner possible is something that your estate planning attorney can help you with and is another important function of trust-based planning. Yeah. One of the things that I've seen when we go through estate planning is, especially if you have one of the grantors who is in a professional business of some kind or professional practice of some kind, oftentimes they'll have what's called a buy-sell agreement of some kind in their practice that dictates what happens if something happens to them through the process of, you know, they pass away. How does their interest stay with the the entity that they're in and the value go to their family. Well, that needs to coordinate with your estate plan. And so we need to be able to look at those documents to make sure that there's no there's not some kind of prohibition on those kinds of transfers. And the other thing we talk about too is, you know, as part of that funding process, looking at making sure that we do get all the assets that you have. Um, if you're a small business owner, we want to make sure that that small business gets tied to your trust somehow. And that's part of that funding that funding process. And, and so those are things that we, we go through and talk through with you. Jen, what kind of changes can you do to a trust? You as the trustee, grantor, beneficiary, you know, you're serving in all those roles, as we mentioned, and, and I actually said those out of order. It really should have been you are the, the grantor and the trustee and the beneficiary. But because of that, it means you have full flexibility to make changes to your trust. So it is not set in stone. The whole point of a revocable living trust is it is in fact revocable. You can make changes to it at any point while you're living and you can 
determine who your beneficiary should be. You can move assets in and out of that trust. There's a lot of flexibility there for your planning to reflect your family and your financial situation. Yeah, one of the the the, the complaints that I get from from clients who are doing estate planning oftentimes is, oh man, do I have to redo my my plan whenever I come in and I need to make a change? And the answer to that is generally no if we're doing trust-based planning because we can make those those changes, whether that's a change of a, a beneficiary or a change of a trustee or uh, how you want to, to change that document, or if there's a law change, we can do that by an amendment. And that's usually a you know, a one or two or three page document where we're changing specific provisions of your trust to be updated for what your current situation is. But we're not having to go back and rewrite that plan. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do have to rewrite it. If you change from from state to state, sometimes we need to do what's called a restatement to make sure that it's compliant with Idaho law versus the state in which you came from. Um, But that doesn't happen unless you're making a big change like that from state to state. Or, you know, in a very rare situation, if for some reason Congress went crazy and did things, we may have to do a restatement because it alters your documents so substantially. But that just, I have not seen that in my, in my career. So so that being said, there is a lot of flexibility with trust-based planning. It comes back to the famous lawyer quote, you ask a lawyer a question and the answer is always, it depends. And what makes sense for trust-based planning for your family depends on a number of factors. Um, We highly encourage you to come in and and chat with a qualified estate planning attorney about forming a trust for your family. But that's what we wanted to cover for you on this episode of Can't Take It With You. We're going to focus on some of these other issues that we've touched on a little bit here in future episodes, and we look forward to chatting with you again soon.